Welcome, beautiful, to the Wild Radiance Podcast. We are your hosts, Laura Hennings and Samira Bashout. We are spiritual gangsters, fierce adventurers, and heart-centered entrepreneurs on a mission to set your soul on fire. This podcast is made for modern-day, high-vibe, and multi-passionate women who are determined to live their sexiest and best life. We'll cover all things mindset, wellness, love, entrepreneurship, and much more. You'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to take bold action in leveling up your personal, professional, and spiritual life. Because sky's the limit, honey. You's a queen, and you know that you deserve the best that life has to offer. Now let's get the party started and dive into this week's episode. Oh my God. Hi, Elle. <laughs> it's been forever and I ever. know. I really want to give you some hugs. I can't believe we're already on lockdown number two in LA. Like what the F? <laughs> oh my God. So I actually haven't really told anyone this, but I'm actually flying to Boston um, in a couple of days to visit our, my boyfriend's family. So, That's going to be amazing. Honestly, I hear they have low rates of COVID. And on top of that, it's freaking gorgeous weather. So I'm super jealous. Girl. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to spend some time with the fam and maybe visit some lakes. We're obviously going to keep it like low key. We're not going to gallivant everywhere, but it's just going to be nice for a change of scenery. And I'm obsessed with airplanes. So even just to get on, even if I have to wear a mask the entire time, I'm like, yes, down. Down, down, down. No, definitely. It's going to be an empty flight, which you'll never have in the world again. So use this up, girlfriend. Have fun. Ooh, yeah. Time is now. <laughs> what have you been up to, girlfriend? Oh, you know, the quarantine life is just looking so dandy over here. <laughs> lots of self-care, lots of looking at myself in the mirror to uplift me and going on some amazing walks. Like the weather has been beautiful. I live more in the valley, so it's definitely in the hundreds sometimes, but I'm enjoying the sunshine so much and still taking this time to be creative and reflect on to me. Yeah. So episode five, we're just going to dive right in. It's a tough one for a lot of people. And it's something that we need to consistently work on throughout our life, but it's how to deepen a very healthy and abundant money mindset in your life. Yes. It's going to be a juicy episode. (laughs) Oh my God. All the cha-ching (laughs) chada. Yes. So actually I outlined it yesterday and Samira saw it last night. And what was your reaction? (laughs) Oh my, I'm not going to lie as we're honest here and we're blunt. Um, I looked at it and I got a little scared because (laughs) I was like, I'm definitely struggling with a lot of this as I'm, you know, an entrepreneur, business owner, like money is a big factor here and having a healthy mindset to call it all in. This is exactly what I'm working on. So it really touched my soul right now of like, okay, Laura is pinning a lot of key points here of like even just things I want to continue to learn for myself. So I'm excited for this because I'm learning with all of you guys. I'm not saying I'm a trillionaire, billionaire, but I'm trying to get there too. Yes. We have the heart of a billionaire and trillionaire. So that's what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Heart of gold. I'm going to be honest too, is this has been a really difficult subject and topic for me for literally decades. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago, I was like, this is such bullshit. Like all the, all the limiting money narratives I feed myself. And, uh, it's kind of like shadow work. I really had to dive deep in my own shadows, my own dark goddess to 
to understand where this is coming from and to change it. So it's yeah. we're going to we're gonna get very vulnerable here because we're gonna be digging up some of our past of how money has negatively affected our family and our own lives and concept of self-worth. Exactly. And it honestly, it does come down to how you were raised. Like from the moment you came out of your mom, like that's literally how the money mindset is embedded into you. And you try to define yourself through it, but it's not because it's your own journey and it's your own type of beliefs that's going to get you to this strong, healthy money mindset. Because if I were to have listened to my parents and if I would have done it the way they did it, I would be living not as happy as I am right now. So I'm super grateful for the experiences and we will dive a little bit deeper into that, but it is going about society, how society makes money, what we think about money, how it's discussed, like, you know, collecting. And I'm excited for us to dive deeper because it's such an important topic. Yes. So money has been a longstanding taboo in our culture and it's something that's not discussed often. One of my things coming from a teacher background too, is we did not teach our students personal finance. No, it's not in basics like budgeting, like one-on-one investing. This is barely talked about in our schools and it is mind boggling to me how it's not discussed more. It's almost like people try to avoid talking about money because there's already this predisposed anxiety around it. And people like once they discuss money, they're like, oh, no, or yeah. But also it's kind of like people don't want to discuss money because they're kind of scared in a sense to Mm -hmm. let you in on if they have money or not. So they don't really, it's always a secret. It's like they want you to succeed, but then they don't want you to succeed a little bit more than them. And it becomes a little bit of an ego game of back and forth. And that's what I've noticed about money is it becomes like, ooh, if I start telling you my secrets, like you're going to, you know, you're going to become more successful than me or this or that. It's like, No, it's going to come. And I wish in school, like they taught us more about the stock market, savings, 401ks. Like I didn't know anything about that. Thank God my older sisters taught me. But like if it wasn't for them, I don't even know where I would be debt wise. Yeah. Right. It becomes a dog eat dog mentality, which Mm -hmm. is what some of our capitalist views as being Americans have surfaced from. It's like in order to make money, you need to make more than someone else. And rather than coming from a collaborative, a collaborative vibe, which is paramount to succeeding and to making money, it's, I need to beat that next person. I need to be the Exactly. And it's like, no, let's all like, there's so much money out there in the world. Like, why can't we all just fucking swim in it together? Like, I want to roll in some Benjamins. Like, come on, we we can can all do this together. Oh, I have. (laughs) I have, we have and we will. So I have, I've laid it down and rolled in it, but (laughs) I'm trying to do that for everyone too here. So money stressors, and this is from studies across the board, money stressors are the number one most rampant stress in American society. And that comes from multiple professions and work arenas, and it causes massive depression, anxiety, loss of sleep. And the student debt has raised to like 1.6 trillion. And it's just so fucking sad because when we're in debt 
and we see like negative or even low money in our bank account, that really is a detriment to our self-worth. And the goal is to not feel that way. If you have like a low statement balance, it's to where you can bulletproof your mindset, just knowing, Hey, like my self-worth is worth more than this. And I'm okay because I know money is already on its way. And of course it's difficult to get to that spot right off the bat, but this episode is going to serve as a positive bridge and lay out the five top effective strategies to, to get you there. It's, 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 this is one of my favorite episodes because it's one of the things I've worked on the most in the last year. And it's been the, it's been the mindset shift that has moved the needle most forward. Yes. Money does not define you. What's in your bank account is not you. Like that's just showing you're investing yourself. If you see yourself, like I'm one of those people, I check my bank accounts every other day. It's not to count my money. It's more to watch to see if there's some outside um, transactions that are happening and just kind of tracking myself and to understand where I am at. It's not to look at my account to be like, oh my God, I have all this money. I'm great. Or, oh my God, I have nothing and this is what I have to show for myself. Like, that's not how you should be thinking. You have to be thinking of the wealth that comes with money and the wealth within yourself. And I'm so glad we're about to dive into this because we, Laura and I, have some great points for you. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, baby. And the reality, the sad reality is, S, is that some people want to stay poor, they have the mindset of it. Like, if you've ever had a friend that said, I can't afford that. I'm broke as fuck. Right. And it's like, it keeps resurfacing. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. So if they keep telling themselves I'm broke, I mean, they're going to stay there. It's just a way to keep them safe. And rather than saying I'm broke, I'm broke. We can do a powerful refrain where how can I afford that? What can I do for that? And it just creates those exciting possibilities in your mind. Exactly. It's the language that you're telling yourself. Like you're telling yourself I'm broke. No, it's more like I don't have that right now. Maybe I can do something else that I can earn it to get there. Or maybe I can cut something out. What kind of sacrifice can I make this week? Maybe not get that coffee. Maybe not get that specific lunch and go to the grocery store. Like there's so many ways that you can cut things out to make yourself have that money to be able to go do something. Yeah. Or it's just having a list of something I've implemented is non-negotiables list. So I do not feel guilty when I spend money on these things because they are paramount to my life satisfaction and my growth. It's any personal development, such as coaching, investing in programs, travel, and music festivals. Those are my non-negotiables where I'm like, I'm not going to feel guilty. I can budget, maybe take out a hundred dollars in the Amazon budget because I have a monthly budget, which I could probably do another episode just on that alone. Mm -hmm. But it's a matter of not feeling guilty when you spend something celebrating yourself, but also not if you're negative 10,000 buying like a, I don't know, I don't want to judge anything, but yes, you do need to be intentional with your spending, but it's important not to feel guilty when, especially when you're spending on something that's good for your soul. And that's a non-negotiable for you. Exactly. Whatever is going to make you happy with your money, do that. You don't have to share it with other people, what you're buying, what you're getting, what this, we're not trying to have you show it off. We want you to be happy and just to be able to manage 
what you're doing with your life. And, you know, it sucks because people root money being evil, people who have money greedy, like, no, get that out of your head right now. There's no point to put those things together with the relationships that people have with money. I definitely have my non-negotiables. And honestly, that's my monthly essentials that I need for my house, for my car, like anything that is happening with my car, I need my car. Like there are just certain adult things that you need to do for yourself. And then for pleasure and play, I set aside a budget for traveling once a year. So I have one big trip a year and that's okay. Like sometimes I don't make that trip just because my work schedule doesn't allow it. And that's only because in events, you have to be there on site. So there's all kind of factors that go involved with the money aspect. It's just what your relationship with it and the experience that's going to get you to be in this rich mindset. Yes. So mm-hmm. as already touched upon the limiting money beliefs we're going to be tackling today and such as rich people are greedy, money is rude evil. And this is a big one, especially for us entrepreneurs, you need to burn the fuck out and hustle 24 seven to make money. It's almost like they treat burnout as sexy, which is not true. No, I don't like these bags under my eyes and like freaking wild hair. Like, no, I don't want to be burnt out. I want to be looking glowing in essence of radiance all the time. Well, let's get there, girl, because Uh when it all comes down to it, it is 100% a mindset game. It's a mindset game. So let's fucking do this. This is my shit. Let's go. Let's fucking I, dive in, Laura. Oh, I'm, I'm so ready fucking to change it like, <laughs> This is changing lives. It's inevitable. So let's go. Ready? Yeah. I'm so ready. Okay. Cha-ching. So, <laughs> ching baby. Money. All right. So top five effective action and mindset shifts that we can implement today to strengthen a healthier relationship with money and also tap into money abundance. So as I was thinking, this is really where that fuck yes method could totally amp this up and be applicable. <laughs> I literally was tapping my chest right when you're like tapping into the money. I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> okay. Number one, you have the power to educate yourself in personal finance and other financial topics. This can increase your financial literacy. You can study wealth creation on your own. Ignorance is not bliss in this case, whereas awareness and education is. Step into that power. You are a forever student and financial literacy is no different. I agree. Oh my gosh. Like you have all your resources in front of you. And if you are unsure about it, I'm sure you have a friend somewhere that's in the financial game that you can pick their brain too. And to get yourself on a new level of teaching yourself. Like, yeah. And this, this can do anything with how credit cards work, loans work. Everything is learnable. And this is where I really had to teach myself. And I stepped up a year and a half ago, I was literally reading multiple books a week. I was eating up podcasts. And that's because I decided to take a stand and empower myself to learn about these topics. I told myself, this is going to move the needle most forward for me. And like as touched upon, you can always ask any friend that's well-versed in those subjects. You can find a trusted person or experts that can help you understand. There are so many resources. 
There are so many and you have to take responsibility for your finances. Like literally, if once you take on your own finances, you are in control of how you are investing your money. Are you putting it more into yourself? Are you putting it more into your business? Are you putting it more into your social life? Are you giving it back to your family? Like this is where it comes into play of owning and being aware of where you can control each element. And just like Elle, I was on this journey about two years ago when I started to really gun-ho and branch off on my own. I didn't get any kind of business loans. I try to get sponsorship. I try to look into different routes for myself so that I was able to be educated enough to see where I can go and kind of play a little bit of a monopoly trying to figure this out. Yeah. Monopoly is probably the number one thing that taught (laughs) us how to budget money when we were younger. Straight up land on my property, land on my property. Our place, baby. Oh my God. S there is a millennial monopoly. I kid you not. There's one spot where it says blue, all your money at Coachella, go to jail or something, go to something or go to the loan office. Oh my God. I need to look this up. This is hilarious. I got to get it for my niece. Let's, let's get her on the game right now. (laughs) Millennial monopoly, everyone. So hilarious. (laughs) Yes. Monitor where your money goes and what your money goals are. So like this could even look like as said, keeping an eye on your statements, just if you have any like sketchy charges or say there's a subscription you totally forgot about. Yeah. That happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Keep tracks. The the easiest way you could spend money is tracking your subscriptions. <laughs> subscriptions. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's strip subscriptions because there can be hidden ones up there that are charging you monthly, monthly and have been there for years. That's the easiest way to save you money right there. 1000% because I realized last year, right before 2020 hit, I was going through a funk and I was like wondering why was my money burning out so fast? And I realized I had about seven subscriptions to like things that were like, you know, from $3 to $5 to 10 to 20. And I was like, oh my God, each month they're taking about $50 out. And I didn't even realize it. And you know, that over time, like that's a couple thousands of dollars, you know, like, It's just like, wow, okay. So now I'm getting smarter with my actions and actually being more cognitive of what I'm doing. Yeah, no, that's huge. So it's really easy for people if they want to educate themselves, they get super duper overwhelmed, which is totally understandable. Like Mm -hmm. they don't even know where to start. So we've listed a couple of our favorite resources and let's start with the books. So the books that move the needle most forward for me are Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kawasaki, mm-hmm. especially if you want to get into like real estate or are interested in the difference between assets and liabilities. It's an easy read. It's huge. It's such a good one, actually. There's a good story in there about how he, um, I believe this is the one with the little boy where he told this little boy, I, I, you know, I want to give you money and like you have to work for it. And every day this little boy would go to a, a store and he would go there and say, I worked for you today. Like, you know, what do I get? And he goes, well, here, here's a penny. Oh, a penny. I can't do a penny. Maybe this is a different book, but I read something like this and sorry, long story short, every day this boy would go there and eventually after a hundred days, he got $1. 
And the boy goes, okay, so I've been working here for a hundred days now. And all I've gotten is a dollar. What do I do with this? And the guy goes, great. You have a dollar now. You can invest yourself in something and you can turn that dollar into something else. And he was like, it's just a dollar. I can't buy, I can't even buy my candy with this dollar. He goes, yeah, you actually can. So the little kid tried to figure out ways of how to use this dollar. And you know what he did? He hired someone else to come in in his place and told that kid, I'll give you five cents if you did this for me. So then he started hiring five different people. Exactly. Building Building his little empire and started getting all these people doing all these things for him. And then within a week, his $1 turned into $5. Then it turned into $10. And like, how crazy is that mindset? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I thought it was the same book, but it's different. I, yeah, it might be, but it's like, you are your own money tree is the way I see it. Mm -hmm. Right. I love it. Okay. I know you and me have both read this. You're a badass at making money by Jensen Chero. Yes. The Bible, the Bible people. Like, holy smokes. I really love all of her series, but this one's particularly, as soon as I opened up the book, I started freaking giggling because it instantly I was like, yes, girl, that that's me. Like 100% of just kind of like you read it and it tells you instantly about your money struggles. And I'm like, how did she know? She's so relatable. Yeah, she's so relatable. So relatable. And then an old school one is The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. So that's also like a holy Bible of investing. And it just, it, it, you need to read it. So I'm adding that-, that one to my list. I did not know of that. So I'm adding that right meow. Meow, meow. So those are the, those are amazing books in terms of apps to track your spending. Albert, Nerd Wallet, and Mint. Those are three amazing ones. I personally use both Nerd Wallet and Mint, and then Credit Karma to track yeah. your credit. Oh my gosh. I have Credit Karma. And it's kind of funny you said that because literally I got an email saying, Oh, you have a new credit score. Do you want to view it? And I click on it, kind of like, Oh shit, like let's look. And then I click on it. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. I, I'm advanced over here. Okay, girl, I'm proud of you. <laughs> it makes you feel good. And it tracks mm-hmm. the different changes in your credit. So, for example, I had a hard pull from T Mobile for some reason. And I'm like, this is me. So I was able to dispute it and my credit score skyrocketed. So again, mm-hmm. it's acknowledge- it's acknowledging that you have the power to control your finances and your credit score and just staying in the know. It's empowering. Exactly. The knowledge here is key because I didn't know, but with credit, there are a lot of lingering charges. Like Laura said, there could be T-Mobile. There could be something with, you know, your electricity, gas and electric, anything that runs your social security is on your credit score. So you have to really dive deep and pay, you know, attention to it because if there's something on there that's false, like that really hinders your credit. And then that jeopardizes you in the long run for any kind of investments you want to make. So it's important to really keep track of what's going on with your identity. Yes. So we went through books, apps. The number one podcast that I listen to is Deeper Than Money with Chloe Elise. Shout out to you, baby girl. She changed everything for me. She's a millennial and she's just fun and quirky and relatable. And 
I took some of her free masterclasses, but you need to listen to her deeper than money. It's a podcast. We would love to have her on our show. We're going to definitely get her on the show. (laughs) Shout out. I know I'm going to reach out to her. I like fangirl her, but it's time to now be We want you. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So number one is, was educate yourself. That's a huge one. This is a deeper one. So number two, explore the why behind your most limiting money beliefs. And this is where you dig up some of those harmful money narratives that have surfaced for you throughout your life, through your upbringing, through your environment. And by making these come to the surface and into the light, that is where you can really actively change that. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, you think about the beliefs, you know, from your parents around money, you think about your personal experiences regarding money, your friends, the environment you're in, the career you've had, any past trauma, relationships affected by money, you know, how could we have been affected and related to money today? And it's kind of crazy because with these narratives, we create this false story in our head due to what we're exposed to. So we're exposed to certain behaviors and patterns within our parents that they're not even able to save money. They're not able to do this. And because they're not, you feel like you have that genetic and that you can't do it either. And that you're burning through it just like your family and just like your friends. And then you get a little envious of those that can do it. And you start thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get on this side? And this is where the beliefs come in because now you're tricking yourself here that you are not that you're less than what you are pretty much. Yeah. Money mindset is generational. It is something that is tracked back from our ancestors coming from a Filipino background. They were immigrants. They've always been very frugal. And so I had that and it's, it's, it's hard because it's also one of the number one causes of divorce. And I know we both come from divorced parents and I'm just going to share a story that I really haven't told anyone. This is where I'm going to get really vulnerable. And my most limiting money beliefs come from my parents' divorce. We we were pretty privileged, but my dad, he had like this crazy belief where he had to hold on to his money. He was a lawyer. He was a very successful one, but he was fucking miserable. He was miserable. He hated his job. And that carried into the way that he viewed money. And he held on to it fiercely because he worked so hard for it. But it made, I saw how depressed he was every single day. There was days where I would just hide because I didn't want to be in that explosive energy. So I equated hard work and money as being sad, as being depressed. And I had these ambitions to be a lawyer when I was younger But through the years of seeing my dad just hating his job and seeing him like literally even cry some nights, I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to stress myself out. Yes, he makes a ton of money, but he's unhappy. So from the early ages, I equated prestigious jobs and making a lot of money with not being, not having the freedom you want. And it, it took me a while to really understand this. But the fact that I brought light to it, I was able to start healing myself from it. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That sounds, um, you know, I'm so thankful that you shared that, Laura, and was very vulnerable with us because you were definitely evolving from that mindset. 
And I know we both have similar stories, not to get deep on all of you, but this is real life. We are real people. Like we go through real scenarios that all of us, you know, are struggling with. And me as a child, I'm one of six children. My oldest sister is 14 years older than me. So there's a demographic to where my parents were together for 25 years. I happen to be born and uh, two years later, they get a divorce. They, my dad built a big empire and built all these things coming from the Middle East to the United States. And with their divorce came a lot of hardship. Um, you know, my mom was able to take on all of his finances, but my mom didn't do it wisely. She didn't put it into her family. She didn't put it into this. She chose to give it out to others instead of her own family. And with that being said, it hindered me and it actually made us homeless and it made us live in homeless shelters. And I had to go through foster care and I went through this whole limbo of like, money doesn't bring happiness. Mm. I had all the money. We had all of this, but look what it did. It broke the family. It broke us apart. And it wasn't because of the money itself. It was more of like, how are you using this money? What are you doing with it? And coming from that kind of hardship from a child, when I did have money, I just wanted to give it out. I didn't even want to have any kind of stress or anything. I was like, oh my God, I got 20 bucks. Let's burn it because I just didn't want to have to deal with holding on to money. I was afraid to have money because I was like, oh my God, if I have money, it's going to come with problems Mm -hmm. and I'm going to receive this. And I just don't want to deal with that. And that's what I was taught as a kid because I saw how much money damaged people. And I never wanted that. I chose happiness always. And to me, I gave money because I always thought, I'm going to get it again. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know why, but somehow it always came right back to me because I felt like my good deeds were being received. And it was because I wasn't holding on to every penny. I had that abundance mindset at such a young age that I didn't even know because I just wanted to choose happiness and I didn't care as much as the money. And that's when I started getting older of like, you can really shift things. I'm not identified by them. You know, yes, I had such hardship growing up. Yes, it was scary. But look at me now. Freaking thriving with a rich mindset, calling in rich clients, like working with NFL players, being able to do daybreakers last year on my birthday, live streaming in DJ Khaled, working with Weight Watchers and Julianne Huff, you know, doing Comic-Con with Warner Brothers. The opportunities have been endless and it's all because I've been able to shift my mind and know my worth and value and to be able to carry this on for myself. That story is what ultimately built you, right? It's like you're a phoenix. You rose above from the ashes and that's incredible. You had the resilience and the abundance mindset at such a young age as not a lot of people can say that. I didn't even know I had it. That was the crazy part. Like as I'm self-reflecting and talking about it now, I realize like, holy smokes, S, like myself, like, wow, Samira, for being seven years old, like you get a freaking $5. Your first instinct is, what do you want? Like, can I get you something from the liquor store? Like, I'm just like, like, let's just spend it. Like, I want to treat you. Like, let's just all have some fun together. (laughs) Well, that's good karma. And the beauty of is it, the beauty is even the more money you have, the more you can give. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So again, like, We've discussed some very vulnerable stories that have risen from us. 
but you really need to be open to exploring that why and really digging deep. Where do these limiting beliefs come from? Is it from your family? Is it from traumatic experiences you had? And maybe you had an incredible relationship with money at a young age. Maybe you had parents that taught you the power of investing and starting to save and budget at a young age. And how wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Wonderful. So one of my visions is being able to help spur and implement some financial literacy in schools. That is literally like a huge vision. So I'm really hoping that I can ride those waves <laughs> and be a part of that change because I think it's what can move the needle forward most for not just adults, but for, for little, little babies, <laughs> for our youth, for our future. Exactly. We need to teach at a young age, sharing, showing the value of something. You know, I get it. Millennials are not used to the value of a dollar. They're used to like, oh, you're giving me a dollar. No, I need like $30. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, honey, not anymore. Take this five bucks and let's see what you turn that shit into. Like, (laughs) perfect. Okay. Let's dive into number three. Know that your net worth does not determine your incredible inherent value as a human being. Because guess what, honey? Your soul and your heart and essence are all invaluable. It's priceless. You cannot put a price on your spirit. You cannot put a price on your how you nurture humanity and nurture mm-hmm. yourself. And we obsess over making more money almost to the point where it stresses us the fuck out. And we really try to keep up with everyone. We have this tendency to keep up with the Joneses out of fear of falling behind and being poorer than everyone else. And it's a matter of taking a step back, taking a deep breath and knowing you're fucking valuable in your own right. 1000% right here, because you can even see the richest man in the world. I'm going to give a great example. Steve Jobs, this amazing man who invented Apple and he went through a lot of heartaches, like up and down roller coaster to define himself, to make that network, to like be something. But even with all the money, all the inventions, everything, all the recognition, he wasn't even that happy. And like, you know, and it's just so crazy about how people obsess over the idea of being something without realizing what is your true wealth within you, Mm -hmm. your soul, your heart, your essence. That's what's defining you, not Mm -hmm. what's in your bank account. Do you go around sharing your bank statements to people? No. Do you go around like showing, by the way, I just got unemployment and they hit me up with like, I don't know, a check of whatever the amount is. Like, are you bragging? No, we're not doing that because that doesn't show what you're worth. You're worth what you give out to people of your, of your, your embodiment of you. So why do you feel like you have to be this super rich person? The only way that you're going to be super rich is within yourself. You can come off rich to somebody who really is rich and they don't even freaking know whatever your status is. It's just how you carry yourself. And the lottery is (laughs) that you know your worth, you make more money. It is a win-win because when you know you're valuable, you have skills to get you there. You put yourself in that receptive mode, especially in the energetics and manifestation you become open to the limitless opportunities that make you mountains of money. Yes. Mm -hmm. For example, 
for a long time, I kind of ignored the gifts that I had. I told myself, I don't have any gifts to make a lot of money. And I still had that belief in order to have a rewarding and financially abundant career, I have to burn out again from seeing my dad and other things. So once I finally started to step up and see my light, and this was in 2019. So, I mean, this was just like a year ago. I took a stand behind it and I was about to go on the route where I was going to go full in on teaching, but I kept, there was a voice inside my head saying, Laura, your earning potential is way more than 60 K a year. You have gifts that are invaluable. Stretch that shit. Don't put a cap on your money or your worth. So my personal self-worth, once I was able to acknowledge that, it resulted in me really taking that step and saying, guess what? I'm going to start a creative aligned coaching business where my earning potential is unlimited. So once you really see your worth and you are willing to step out and let that shine even bigger and brighter, you are going to start noticing and creating these incredible financial opportunities for yourself. Yes, exactly. Like knowing your worth means that you know what you're able to give out. So if you're in a job and you're not happy and you're burning yourself, but they're giving you 90K a year. So you're like, okay, great. This sounds good. The money's good, but I'm like kind of killing myself, but I know I'm worth a little bit more. I know I can do this. Go do that. You know your own worth. You know yourself best. So you have to really stick to what you know about yourself. Don't limit yourself because there is endless opportunity out there. Each step that I went in my career of growth with money was each job definitely upped my salary. However, the knowledge I was gaining from each position allowed me to know my value even more because now I've gained experiences and now I've gained even more power within myself so that I'm able to take this wisdom on with me. So now when I'm talking to someone and they're trying to maybe belittle me or say something less, not great, I'm like, stop. I already know my value. I already know my worth. What you're telling me, it doesn't relate. It doesn't resonate because you're false. You have a false perception of what I am. And that's okay to say that to people because you know what? That's going to make them think a little bit harder of like, oh, wow. Like she does know her worth. Oh, wow. Like she is like, she knows like who she is. Yeah. Don't scare me. I know my worth. I know what I can do. Like that's the kind of mindset we're trying to tell you of the wealth of yourself. Yeah. Wealth of yourself. And just also acknowledging that wealth is a state of mind, not just money wise, but we can be wealthy in many capacities, wealthy in terms of our love, our happiness, joy, fulfillment, the joy that we give by giving to others and being there for others and creating impact. There are way more holistic meanings that are tied to wealth. I love that so much. Like literally what you just said, the holistic meaning that ties to wealth. Like, do you not realize from our last um, episode, I was talking about the word architecture, how like we can dissect words and like really get down to the definitions and define it for yourself. And that's huge. Wealth is a state of mind. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. It comes in terms of love, happiness, like all those things. And it's so like, I'm so glad 
glad you said that because it's so eye-opening. Yeah. Like, open up, people. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Yeah. Okay. So we started, we started with like touching upon the deeper stuff. And now we're really just getting into like the fuck. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. So we went through three of the effective strategies. Number four is practice money gratitude daily and trust in the power of money abundance. So here is where we really touch upon money as energy, as an energetic exchange. So as entrepreneurs, or if you're in any like sales or marketing position, mm-hmm. some people, they see sales as being grungy, as being somewhat deceitful, but no, if, especially if you're selling from the soul and say you're a coach or something, the way you show up in your sales calls is it's an energetic exchange. You mm-hmm. are selling your energy so you can help someone. Exactly. It's not like a sneaky trick that you're trying to do to get the sale is you're actually believing in this sale and you want to organically like create some kind of exchange with someone. It's your tactic here. Yeah. So I want to share one of my favorite tactics from Japanese Zen millionaire Ken Honda. And I found him out through Mind Valley. If you haven't checked out Mind Valley, you need their the number one transformational self-education and self-improvement platform. They are my heroes. I want to do collab with them. So Ken Honda, he researched over 12,000 self-made millionaires in Japan. And he discovered that most people relate to money. They could either be scared of it or cold towards it. Money is like ice. Some people believe money is like a river where it flows to you, which I love. But the main theme he saw in the most successful people is that they believe money is like air. It's like money is as natural as breathing air. We don't even need to think about air. It just is. It is. We breathe it. Yet we spend our entire lives trying to trying to keep it because we're afraid of it leaving or sometimes we spend it. Some people believe it's the root of all evil, but it's all about how we communicate with money and how we visualize money. So yeah. Think of it like air. It's mm-hmm. like natural. It's, it's a like- magnet. It's in the air. Yeah. It's energetic. I'm magnetizing in this money abundance. Yes. So mm-hmm. he came up with a really cool technique. It is called the arigato money technique. And what does arigato mean? Thank you, right? Yeah. <laughs> arigato. So some of these some of these millionaire billionaires in Japan, they have this arigato money technique to where whenever they spend money, like arigato, like, thank you so much for that money being able to purchase or whatever. It's like an energetic exchange. And when it comes in, you say arigato, it's like intense gratitude. It treats money as a circular energy that ebbs and flows and they can feel the energy, the happy energy of it leaving and coming. Mm -hmm. This humbled appreciation of it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to look more into it, again, it's Ken Honda, the Arigato Money Technique. Oh, such a game changer. Really, it's all about gratitude. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's the appreciation of doing business with people. It's really hard in general to give your money away. doesn't matter what you're buying or selling. Like it's, it's a hard exchange no matter what. But coming from a humble state and knowing that money is air, money does flow, money is a circular thing that will come and go that's where you're going to keep this happy, positive attitude. Yep. So one of the number one techniques also was the EFT tapping that I literally swear by and talk about Mm -hmm. so much. Tapping into money abundance lately, I've been tapping into 
charging your worth, especially as my program is coming up in September. I am so excited. It is going to be incredible. It's covering all things mindset and money and sales. So tapping is huge. You can create your own script where you're tapping on the different meridians of throughout the body. And you're like, money comes to me easily. Just saying those affirmations and Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to really hone in. What are some affirmations for yourself, which we will dive in after we're going to get to that, but also like what you said with the tapping, like I tap into my heart. I tap into my stomach. I tap into my head and these type of tapping mechanisms that you do for yourself, you have to actually believe it. You can't just start tapping and breathing and kind of like thinking about it. Like you really have to have that strong mindset of like, yes, I'm going to receive this. Yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. And go into all of that. And so it's important. It's also important to be kind to yourself in the process because I know it's not easy to go from zero to 100. So it's a matter of bridging yourself. So even just showing up and starting to tap yourself and say the affirmations, even if you don't completely believe it yet, be open to it. And each Mm -hmm. time you do do it, you will find yourself really diving into the power of it. And the more you like say it louder, you tap a little harder, the more it's just, you literally embody it and you will find yourself smiling, radiating from it. Ah! I'm smiling and radiating right now (laughs) from your description because that's how I feel. It's so crazy that you say that because yeah, I don't see results right away. This is not like some miracle work where all of a sudden next day I drop with all the things that I was just tapping into. It's like months, sometimes a year long process to receive a lot of these things, but I'm open. I'm open to receiving. I'm open to all of these ideas and opportunities, which eventually will come to you. Yeah. You know what I'm actually going to do S? What? I am going to do a five days of money tapping challenge in August. Please. Huge. It's going to be from August 3rd to set to the 7th. And we're actually going to start creating like a subscription email list so we can start getting in contact with all of you. Yes, we really want to keep the high vibes alive here, even though we do have our Facebook page and we do have our Instagram Wild Radiance podcast. We just want to keep this conversation going and get this high vibe tapping energy of money, love, wealth, abundance, like all the things together, because this is a lifelong journey that is not going to end. Yeah, for sure. So we'll get that info out to you soon again, but save the date for August 3rd to the 7th and we'll do a five day money tapping challenge and it is going to fucking change lives. It's going to change your life. Perfect. All right. So number five, let's end it strong ass. You ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. So number five, embrace powerful money reframes that will move the needle most forward for you. So for me, I equated making a lot of money as losing my freedom, like clipping my wings and my ability to travel. Because again, seeing from other corporate America burnouts, including my own father, my reality was that, oh my gosh, if I'm stuck like in a nine to five job, that means I'm making money, but I can't travel the world. The most powerful reframe I created to myself for myself was that money equals freedom. Money is actually my best friend to build the freedom-based lifestyle of my dreams. And just having that in and of itself where money equals freedom, money equals freedom. Fuck. Yeah. Like I'm like, I want to make all the money in the world. I'm going to do it intentionally and with alignment. But now that I have this empowering money belief behind it, I'm ready to just fucking crush it. Bring it on. 
Yes, girl, you are fucking crushing it right now. And it's kind of the same for me. Like I was actually scared to make money because of all of the problems that can come with money. So I reframe that with it's okay to have the money. It's up to you to do what you want to do with it. And if you choose freedom, if I'm choosing peace and happiness, that's what's going to come from it. And and it's coming from this non-greedy mindset. Like money isn't greed. Money isn't any of that. And it's how you make it. And that's been a really good way for me to see it on my journey of trying to make a lot of money is I'm still super humble with it. I will still share it with you. I will lend it to you. I'm not going to hold a grudge against it if you're not able to give it back to me because I know it cycles in a flow versus others are like, you just borrowed this. Like I need it now to teach you a lesson, but it's like everybody has their own path and their own journey. So I don't never, I never want to make money a situation to where you're afraid to even ask for help because people need some financial situations where they need some help. And it's okay if you do. That doesn't look down upon you, like not at all. So I've been able to help reframe my mindset of having money on its own. Yeah, money money in and of its own right. Money is power. And if you're harnessing it the right way, especially for US, you're very giving with it. It's you're in the giving mode. And then it also puts you like in a receptive mode again for like manifestation. That's the way you view it. Like air, you view it like the flow of a river, right? It ebbs and flows and comes back to you. Exactly. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I have savings and things too, which is the smart move to do, but also like I'm not nickel and diming and penny pinching and holding on. There are some weeks or months to where I maybe only have a hundred bucks in my account, but like you got to figure this out on your own, you know, of how you have this, you know, luxury mindset that it's always going to come. Yeah. So another one that I have is one that I reframed as making money is hard. I need to burn out and work a job I dislike in order to be rich. So once I opened up to the mindset, you can be in a job you love and make a ton of money. That one took literally years. But Mm -hmm. once you really can take those aligned steps and really believe, hey, there's something out there for me. There's something that I can create where I can work a job I love and make millions of money because of it. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're an event architect, a mindset and success coach, literally anything that feels aligned with you, you can find a way to monetize that. I truly believe in the highest potential of people, especially in my own clients, that you have that power. You need to believe it in yourself to where your highest potential is a reality. Yeah, a thousand percent, you know, going back to like the people, rich people are greedy and and suck and, you know, and stuck up. Like, why don't you think about it as rich people hold wealth of knowledge Mm. that can help me? Literally and figuratively. Yeah, like literally, (laughs) like they hold wealth of knowledge, like, and then you can use that to make yourself better. You can pick their brain. You can see that they're hustlers, they're go-getters, they're incredible allies for your own self to make money. So why don't you learn from them? 
whoever is in your life that you look up to, that you see as like, oh my God, they're so rich. I would love their life. Ask for five minutes of their time. Talk to them. See how they went on this journey. Ask what their you know struggles were. See if it's relatable to you. How can yeah. you overcome this hurdle that's been stopping you? Because wealth is knowledge. Use it to your advantage. We want to all be swimming in the Benjamins together. Because we can. Because you sure can. Like, even if you want them Benjamins as ones, you want to make it rain all over yourself. Like, whatever is going to yeah. make your heart desires, do it. Yep. So it doesn't have to be an us first them mentality. Once you see wealthy people as your allies, and you can celebrate when they make money. I watched this, um, I watched this Netflix unexplained, or actually it's explained episode on billionaires. Mm-hmm. And I found myself like, fuck yeah, they are crushing it. Whereas me, maybe a year or two years ago, I sit in this jealousy realm, like this will never be me. But I, that's how I noticed my mindset shift is I'm like, hell yeah, like make that money. That's awesome. So once you're celebrating them, it's a, it celebrates you too. It's such a game changer. Exactly. Yeah. Getting out of that cave of like, ugh. Oh, I will never be like that. Like that's some crazy giraffe status money. Like I don't even know if I will even get that kind of money, but it's like, who cares where you're at? You can just collect and receive and take it all in for yourself and be happy for others that have it because you will one day get there. It may not be at the highest level, but it's at a level that is good for you that you want and you're happy and you're stable and you're feeling fucking fire. Yep. And we all work and operate from our own timeline. Yeah. Wherever you are in this journey right now, whether you're just beginning, whether it doesn't really matter, but the, our hope for you was you could walk away from this empowered and approach money with an explorative and curious and excited energy Mm -hmm. because you can really move the needle forward for yourself. And it all starts with, I'll go quickly and in review with educating yourself, exploring the why behind your most limiting money beliefs, knowing that your network does not determine your credible value as a human being. And four and five, it's practice money, gratitude daily, trust in the power, money, abundance, and embrace powerful money refrains that will move the needle most forward for you. These are the five most effective strategies to help get you there and to get you there today. Yes. And if you need some help on some money affirmations, these are some that I tell myself. The first one I tell myself, which is the most important is I am a magnet for money. Ooh, I'm a money magnet. Yeah. The second one is prosperity is drawn to me. Ooh. Yeah. The third one is I move from poverty thinking to abundance thinking. Number four, I am worthy of making more money. And then the last one is I'm open and receptive to all the wealth life offers me. Yep. Let's get you in that receptive mode. Exactly. And just kind of saying these things out loud one time a day, three times a day, writing it out, putting it on a post-it to look at. This is what's going to really drive you and give you that motivation and shift your mind right away when you're feeling kind of down. There are moments where I'm kind of panicking about certain situations and rents due or this or that. And 
I look back and I'm like, I'm a magnet. I'm going to figure this out. It's going to come to me because I am not in poverty. I'm above it. I, I think abundance, like there's all these things that we're here to help you to go through it because we're all going through it together. This is not like something that is going to end. This is a never ending journey of self-development and growth for our whole lives. Yeah. And think of it like this paying rent is a privilege when you're paying rent. This is again, the arigato technique. Thank you so much to myself and this money that I can put a roof over my head. Just even shifting it to that. Thank you. I'm so happy I get to pay rent and live in LA and San Diego. Like, oh my fucking God. Same with taxes. A lot of people, they are afraid of making more money because they don't want to pay more in taxes. Think about it like this. If you're paying more in taxes, you're making more money. Hell yeah. You're doing good. You're doing real good. Exactly. (laughs) So again, again, these are powerful reframes that can be your reality. And it's, it's up to you. If you want to take that next step with it, you can definitely start with joining me and S for the five days of money tapping challenge, August 3rd, coming up next month. Happy to have you and really invite you in this journey with us. We're in this together. We really are. And that's why we are calling you in to our wild radiance affairs because (laughs) we're doing all things wild, talking about all the things. Like we're just trying to hurdle, go through life together because you know what? It's your support team and we want to be your sister tribe. Oh, we also, oh my gosh, my mom and brother listened to our episodes when they came to visit me. They were cracking up the entire time. They're like, oh my God, you guys are off. Oh my gosh. My mom and brother love Samira. Oh, I love them so much. And it's just so bizarre of like hearing our own voices. But honestly, I love it. I love hearing us and talking and like, you know, just connecting with everyone. And thank you so much for all your amazing feedback. We want to continue creating all these fucking fuego content for all of you. Have you read the reviews? Oh my God. They have been, they've touched my heart. Thank you guys. We love you so much more than you know. And keep, keep those reviews coming, keep those ratings and subscriptions coming because the more that we can see what an impact is having on you, the more we feel fueled to serve even more, to give even more. To serve. Honestly, I'm here to serve you guys with our knowledge, our wisdom, our experiences. As you already heard from earlier, we, me and Laura both come from totally different backgrounds, yet we're on the same journey together. And yeah. that's the key thing here is we're all different, yet we're all the same. So there shouldn't be any kind of judgment or anything that's coming because we just want to uplift and fuel each other. Yeah. And we can also learn from you too. We are yeah, I want to like, give us your techniques. <laughs> There's beauty in knowing that you don't know everything mm-hmm. because that way you're remaining humble. You're still honoring where you're at in your own knowledge, but you can be expansive and you can keep growing and disco jabbing and whatever. Yeah. This has been an amazing episode. I have learned so much and honestly, just talking about my struggles has just really helped me to want to continue more with practicing these things that we talked about today. So thank you, Laura. I am just here for you and here for everyone. This has been a great episode. Yes. Thank you, S. And thanks for being vulnerable too. I know there are some things that she hasn't even like talked about and same with me. So 
Mm-hmm. Again, a testament to how comfortable we are with you and with one another. And you can expect this from us. Just raw vulnerability and straight up love. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Do our chow for now. We have to now. We okay, have ready? to now. <laughs> Three, two, one. Ciao, Ciao for, for now. now. Love all of you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Wild Radiance podcast. We hope that you walked away from this episode feeling wildly inspired and confident to take on the world. It would mean the world to us if we heard from you. Please take a quick minute to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We love hearing your biggest aha moments so that we can continue creating valuable and super fuego content curated just for you. You can also find us on Instagram at Wild Radiance Podcast and hang out with us in our exclusive Facebook group, Wild Radiance Tribe. Ciao for now, beautiful soul.